Hello, everybody. I'm Pasha Marlowe, and this is the Let Pleasure Be the Measure podcast. I bring you today a friend, a pleasure goddess, Sharice Morris, who is a female embodiment coach. And I have been enjoying Sharice's work for a long time and had the pleasure of working with her and alongside of her in a lot of different um, contexts. And so every time I see her, I remind myself, oh, right, I do a pleasure podcast. <laughs> and then I want to talk more about pleasure. So in her honor, I told her I threw on a dress and, I'm not, and with no underwear or bra. So I'm feeling the air. And it's reminding me that life can also be pleasurable. So I'm so glad that Sharice is here to remind us of that in her special way. So welcome, Sharice. Thank you. I'm so excited to be here. I love being in this space with you. And uh, I mean, I'm partly on this journey because of conversations that we've had and it just kind of continues to grow and evolve. So it's super exciting to be back in this space and to be chatting with you about it. So yeah, yeah. it's so funny how like, our lives ebb and flow and, you know, there'll be a, like a season of pleasure for me. And then I'll remind you of pleasure. And then you'll be in a season of pleasure and I'll be in pain and you'll remind me of the pleasure. And I, I think one of our first conversations was about, we'll just go for it. The book pussy, a reclamation by mama Gina. And, um, and I feel like, like that was, it unleashed something inside of you and pretty much every conversation I've had with you ever since, which is maybe a year ago, has, has mentioned pussy. Maybe not the book, but just in general. Pussy, pussy, pussy. We're getting out there. This is not a bad word. We're reclaiming the word pussy. What did you get from that book? Um, that book was everything that I needed. And it like it was so funny because it came into my life at a time where I was like, I just need something to help me embody the feminine. I had recognized that I had been stuck in my masculine my whole life I've had a traumatic traumatic upbringing like most of us did and then when you run into motherhood you get stuck in that space of giving so you get stuck in that energetic kind of masculine survival mode type thing and I was ready to come out of that and I was ready to embody life and to find ecstasy and joy and pleasure in just our lives right it's almost like I was living life like a robot, like just asleep. And I could, I looked at other people that were just enjoying their life and had this like, you know, you can see those people that just life is ec ecstatic to them. Yeah. And there was something in me that just wanted that and desired it so badly. And I went to the bookstore the one day just looking for a feminine book. And like, there's this, it was just right there, pussy in like, and I was like, what is this beautiful, like, golden white cover and when I read it it was everything that scared me yes but somehow because it scared me I knew it was right and I so I just dove in and tried to embody it as much as I could and allowed myself space to feel for the first time ever yeah I remember which um because within the book I believe she I don't remember she poses them as challenges but she's like why don't you today try to uh, I, the one I liked was have an affair with yourself, you know, for all the beautiful flowers and special, you know, meats and cheeses you would offer a guest. Can you offer that to yourself and provide yourself a night of dating yourself? For me, that really hit home because I'm a, a giver and a, and a mother like you, and I don't allow myself those novelties 
for me alone? What, what part of the book was the most transformative for you? I think the part for me was just letting my pussy have space to talk. And it sounded so weird. And, but I actually actually started talking to it. I was like, what do we want to wear today? And like, I'd look in my closet and I'd be like, oh, I know we just don't have anything that makes us feel good. Right. And I realized that like laces and silk just make me feel more feminine and different colors like pinks and purples and stuff like, and I not by any means do you need to wear pinks and purples and lace in order to be feminine, but it was just something that I recognized that I desired. And so it was kind of tapping into letting pussy lead the way. And as a woman, I mean, I feel like our education around our pussy and what our creative power is, is so limited, right? Mm -hmm. We never like sex education in school looks very, very like, these are your parts and this is your thing. And like men masturbation, boy masturbation is talked about a lot, but women masturbation isn't talked about. So we don't even know, right? Like it's sad to me that there's women in like their fifties and sixties that have never had an orgasm in their life. So just allowing that pussy to turn on and to tap into that has sparked like more creativity and more pleasure and more desire. And I actually get to ask myself, and I think it's taking that intentional time to ask myself what it is that I desire right now. And Mm -hmm. as I ask myself that question, they come more and more into my authentic truth because then that gets me to challenge myself and be like, what do I actually desire in this? Do I desire, you know, marriage and kids or do I desire freedom and pleasure? Right. And not to say you can't have both, but for me, it looked very, very different. So it just sparked that, like actually asking myself what I, what it is that I desire. So do you see your inner knowing it's interesting because I feel like there's three different things. There's pussy, there's heart, and there's my mind. And when I'm in survival mode, I get really stuck in my mind. Um, and my heart kind of closes off. And I don't feel really. Like, I don't feel anything. I just kind of come out of my body. And so I think, yeah, tapping into my pussy is more tapping into my body. What does my body feel right now? What is the most nourishing thing that I can give my body right now? How can I show myself more love? And through that, my heart opens up, my heart expands, and I find more joy and more gratitude and more excitement in my day. Yes, it's so beautiful. And um, I'm hearing a little feedback just to let you know. So I I unplugged my mic and that didn't take it away. So I'm wondering if it's something related to any ear pod or mic. uh, I don't know. It just is, it's a different sound that I haven't heard. And I'm sure all the listeners can relate to tech issues. Now it's not happening anymore. Okay. (laughs) Did you hear it too? It was like a echo, 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 pussy, pussy, pussy. (laughs) (laughs) Maybe it's just like that. It is mercury retrograde and (laughs) technology doesn't function very, very well during it. Exactly. So I'll just, I'll just keep my mic unplugged in case it was that, but, um, but I'll be loud. I'm sure they'll hear me. So I remember hearing uh, in reading in the book that she mentioned as like the great pussy in the sky, like use it as your GPS literally for where to go and what to do. And I love that you check in with your pussy when you're getting dressed or when you're making a decision. And I think people misinterpret the, the word is always implying something 
sexual um, or pleasurable. And so certainly there's that, but it's also empowering because then we were talking about an empowered no and how important that is to be able to say an empowered yes or an empowered no. And how does that look to you when, when you, when you have that no and you have that knowing too? I think it's such an important conversation because I know so many women say yes when they really want to say no. And whether that is through sex or whether that is through obligation or whether like, I know when I was in my marriage, I definitely said yes when I wanted to say no, especially in the bedroom. It felt like having sex was part of my job Mm. and it was just something that somebody else needed. And it wasn't something that I felt empowered enough to say no. And and, you know, journey into my single years in the last five years, having that, like going on dates and stuff, I just felt obligated. Like there was all, I had, when I was a child or a teenager, you get the boy that calls you Bridget and then you breaks up with you because you're Bridget or whatever. Mm-hmm. And, and then it makes you feel bad. Right. And so I had, I felt like I had this obligation that if I went out on a certain number of dates with somebody or you know, it was like, I had to say yes, or Mm -hmm. you got them in the house or whatever, you had to say yes, right? And I, I know so many women do that, where we say yes, but we really say, we want to say no, right? We desire something more, but we say yes, just to kind of get it over with. And everybody can feel it It doesn't feel good at that, at that time, right? Mm -hmm. So for me, it is kind of tapping in. And I was doing this before I was aware of pussy, but I was tapping into what my no actually feels like versus what my yes actually feels like. Mm -hmm. So there were moments that I could tell that I would say yes, that I really wanted to say no. And then I would follow through based on loyalty and obligation because I had said yes, but I could tell like it feels constricting to me when I say yes, but I really mean no. In your body somewhere? In my body, like especially in my like stomach kind of solar plexus region. For me, it feels constricting. Yes. And I I would know that like the closer I got to that opportunity, I would feel less and less like I wanted to do it. And I'd mm-hmm. be like, no, I, just, I don't really want to do this, right? And for me, if I say yes with that like, full on. Yes. It's expansive. Like I feel easy and light about it. So it's almost taking that second, like sit back and be like, where do I feel this? Is this a yes? Or is this no? Because they, when I left my marriage, part of the, my motto was if it's not a fuck, yes, it's a fuck. No. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And so being able to actually fully say that like, fuck, no, or like, no, thank you. And not having to justify or explain myself, just leaning into that, yeah. it felt more and more empowered the more I did it, right? Mm-hmm. And I felt less like I was giving a piece of myself away that I didn't really want to. And yeah. so now I have that promise, but I think we live in a world where women are meant to please men and women are meant to do this and we're meant to be giving. So we say yes all the time when we want to say no. Yeah. And I'm sure there's so many people, uh, specifically women resonating with this, and it might even be triggering to some past uh, sexual traumas. So what I would offer is that we practice this empowered no in safe spaces with people that we know are trustworthy and unconditionally loving, or even if somebody like a friend might say, Hey, do you want to catch dinner tonight? 
And I could want to go, but still know that I'm not really like energetically aligned with it or I'm too tired or whatever. And I'll say, I'm going to have to give you an empowered no on this one. And that shuts things down pretty quick. Because if I had said no, they would have been like, oh, come on, you need to get out of the house or come on, you know, it'll be fun. You'll change your mind once you're there. And when I say an empowered no to my friends or to my, you know, coaches or therapists or family, then there's this thought of intentionality behind it that you really can't argue with. Like I've thought this through. And then if you practice these small little moments of like saying no to a dinner, saying no to a party, saying no to a PTA, whatever, uh, responsibility or volunteer opportunity, then when it comes to times like uh, dating or, or even more challenging times, of course, if you're, um, you know, approached with unwanted sexual, you know, advances, then, then it's a practiced, uh, behavior and, and response. Um, so I just think it's important for people to know that, that you can practice it and that it, and not to wait until you're in danger to practice it, right. That we practice these things when we're safe, um, in small increments. Does that make sense? Yeah, no. And it absolutely does. It like, it starts just by honoring it. Right. And feeling it. And that meant that I had to cancel on obligations that I had said yes on. Yes. And I got friends that were upset because I had to cancel those obligations because I didn't normally. And I used to be one of those people that would get upset if somebody canceled on me as well, because, you know, I had to get a babysitter or I had to rearrange my day or whatever it was. And so it was inconvenient to me. But I also like knowing that when I started honoring myself, I also let other people honor themselves. So if beautiful, you know, we're having to cancel because they didn't feel good or it didn't even matter. They didn't even have to explain it. They just said, no, I said, that's fine. It's not meant to be right now. And that's okay. And that's such a beautiful gift for your friends and family to have that understanding and honoring of their knowing too. I think, um, I think that's a beautiful way to go through a, a relationship with anybody and to establish those boundaries. Really. You just like, you know, when I say no, I mean it and don't take it personally. Um, and, and then I'll honor your no in return. And then we have the empowered yeses, which if the empowered no feels like stuck in your solar plexus or, or for me, it's stuck in my throat. Like you said, yes, feels expansive. Do you find your like even posture changing when you say an empowered yes? Yes. Um, and that's like the best way that I can bring it back to like, it's, um, I've been in the process of exploring an open relationship, which Mm -hmm. I mean, I grew up in Catholic school. I've grown up, you know, monogamy and marriage and all those kind of things, which I did all those things and it didn't work out for me and not in that aspect, but I was just a different person. And I chose, um, based on what I thought I should do or what I thought my life should look like. And so I've been exploring this avenue of what feels good and this like, fuck yes, or this like expansive yes. And it really actually comes down to me honoring my truth. It it feels so different. Like, do I need monogamy? No. Do I desire freedom? Yes. Do Mm -hmm. I desire to allow myself space to grow in this relationship, but still stay open to something else? Yes. Right. Like it's, it, it feels different. And like, you're sh- like my shoulders roll back and my chest yeah. comes out. I'm like, yes, like your, your chin lifts and like your throat is exposed. Yeah. It's a totally different posture. You're like, yes, yes. <laughs> yeah. It's so good. And once you 
create this expansiveness in your awareness about your relationships or your, what you desire in general? Do you feel like it like snowballs, right? And then we're like, well, what else can I question? What else have I been, what other constructs have I been living under that I just were because somebody told me however long ago. And I thought that's the way it was. Somebody said, you have to put the vegetables in the drawers of the refrigerator at the bottom. Well, I don't eat them if they're down there. So I need to put them at the top so that I'm like out of sight, out of mind, my ADHD brain. I put my vegetables at the top and then I put like butter and ketchup. I'm never going to forget to use those. No, <laughs> I put those in the drawers down below. So we can make up our own rules for our life, for our relationships, right? Is it hard for you to find now that you're in this pussy expansiveness? Is it hard for you to find friends or lovers who are willing to expand with you? Um, to find the lover wasn't, um, but we did have to go through this period of what we thought we should do. And so we did, we tried dating and it was like, this isn't working for us. Like it feels confined. It feels restrictive. It's not working for either of us. And so we like broke up for a period of time, which was heart wrenching because it felt like there was still very much a pull that both of us had together. And we're like, we're not done growing here. And when we kind of came back into that, we kind of, we've explored the space and it's been fucking hard. Don't get me wrong. Like my ego wants to like jump out of my skin most days. And there's other days that I'm like, I'm fucking done. I can't do it. I can't do it. <laughs> and like, and he's the same way, right? We both kind of like, gone back and forth but ultimately when we feel into it and we feel our bodies we feel like yeah we're just not done here like it's just not complete um but there are like there are friendships and there are like I haven't told my family about that because it just doesn't feel like they would understand because monogamy has been such an important part of their lives and it is for people and it works for people and don't get me wrong like what do what works for you but um I haven't been able to share that with certain people for fear of judgment. Um, but I'm also learning how to let that go. And I've shared it openly and I'm like, eh, you know, if you don't like that, then. Right. And people will, they very much try and tell me, you know, what is meant for me. And I'm like, mm. but mm -hmm. I've explored that. It's, I think it's through exploring that and like empowered no, um, and what things feel like to me that I'm like, nobody else is in my body. No, nobody else can tell me what's right for me. Yeah. But it opens the door. Yeah, you challenge so many more things. And, <laughs> and I love this idea of being an expert in our own body. Like we can certainly ask for help and we can ask for people's, you know, advice and, and guidance. But in the end, like nobody, nobody knows us as well as we know ourselves. So it's really that constant tapping in, which makes it harder in relationship, of course, because you might be tapping in at, at a different time and figuring out something different than your partner is. So I imagine with boundary setting in an open relationship, you're constantly recreating boundaries or challenging the boundaries. And uh, much like the empowered no, do you practice this boundary setting like in the heat of the moment, for lack of better words, or do you practice it like prior prior to a uh, adventure together? <laughs> well. I think that it, because the blueprint for an open relationship isn't really something that I've ever had anybody, like I've never known anybody in that. Um, through my single journey, I was like a, another person in. Um, so I've explored like being a single person, which I was like, no, I'm single, it doesn't really matter. Like, 
that's their thing, not mine. Mm -hmm. But um, boundaries come up because they don't know that they're even there. And some of them are based on, you know, past conditioning. Like there is still that desire almost to have that fairy tale because I've had 38 years of my life, like wanting that fairy tale. Right. And now I'm like, oh, do I really want it? And challenging that. So there are moments as we explore this that I'm like, you know what? Actually, that's a fuck no for me. And I'm like, I, I can't do this if you continue. And he's like, and so he has the choice. And I'm like, this is what I desire. And I didn't know this prior to, but I know this now. And this is what I desire. Can you meet that desire? Mm. And he gets to judge it. And if he can't, right, then, you know, and it's it's been a very good exercise in communication and being like, this is where I'm at. This is where you're at. Can we meet in the middle? Right. Mm-hmm. Because right. I think relationships, whether they're monogamy or whether they're open or not, um, we don't speak enough about what we desire or what we need out of a relationship and have that asked as well as of a partner. How do you need to be loved? What do you desire from this relationship? And then going, can I meet that need? Yes. Like with the love languages, you know, if somebody likes, um, you know, words of affirmation or affection and the other person really isn't comfortable giving perhaps physical affection, but they really like planning trips, you could be very mismatched. And it's good to have these conversations. Even if you are in a committed relationship, it's good to return to them because we change. Because I think in our thirties, you were mentioning, we had this vision, this fairy tale of a wedding. And I think that was in my head for a while. But if somebody said, what's your vision or fairy tale now I'd be like standing on top of a mountain by myself thank you very much like it's not tied to anybody or certainly any um tradition it's beyond what I already have experienced something I don't know yet it's like the unknown is really intriguing to me and so for you how does the fairy tale look now like what do you picture for yourself say 10 20 years from now of like where you're What's the vision of, of where you want to be? It's funny because like it is more about who I want to be. And it's about showing like it's it's not about the future. It's about showing up as that person now. Mm. Right. Like I, I started to embody the solo goddess journey and really wanting to bring that to the forefront and to show other women how to embody their own goddess. Um, and so it's like this is, you know, I have all these dreams of being big and huge and whatever, but I'm like, really, how does she show up right now? And so it's almost like I've actually let go of the future just in what, like, I know what, how I want to be, do, feel, um, and being and embodying that right now. So it's almost like letting go of the future, but embodying it now, coming back to present. And so that, and that's something that um, my partner and I have discussed is like, we need to, like, because we're like, well, if this ends or if this, so we're always kind of, worried about the death of our relationship Mm. and so it almost brings it closer so we've had moments where we've like oh this is it this is the end like it can't be this good and so we've called it off right and then we're like oh but right now we're just enjoying it and we're worried about something that hasn't even happened yet so we just we've now committed to like keep reminding each other to come back to the present and be like this is what I desire right now fuck the future. It doesn't really matter. And I think that's something that's been, I read a post that was like, um, your boyfriend's not your husband. 
And if he's not willing to commit to the future, you can't find um, intimacy with him right now. Mm. And I was like, that doesn't ring true to me because this is ultimately the healthiest, most loving, most intimate, most like has the most depth, most growth relationship that I've ever been in. But there is no promise of the future. Right. Because ultimately, I don't need that promise of the future. And what does that even mean? I mean, promise of the future. What does that mean that you, you know, marry and die in each other's arms? Or does it mean that like tomorrow you're laughing together? I mean, what, you know, we have these perceptions of what living for the future means. So I'm, I love that you're constantly uh, making the intention of coming back to the present. I think I, that's something I struggle with, which is probably why I asked you, where do you want to be in 10 or 20 years? Because it's hard for me to imagine that this present moment is the pleasure I've been waiting for because it ain't. <laughs> so I love that you're in that space um, and and really embracing it. I, I love that. I love that. And I know it's been a, a long, hard road to get here for you. It's, it, it, I um, did a meditation and the mantra that came across in the, in the meditation is I'm here for it all. Mm. And you can only really embrace that present moment. And sometimes that present moment looks like I'm crying all day and snotty and a mess because I'm like, I just can't do it. But it's usually that I'm thinking about what the future holds. And I'm, I'm that fear of abandonment and that fear of whatever is coming up. And then I'm like, go into protection mode and I hide and I'm like, nope, got to push this away right now. Then this means it doesn't work. Right. But if I can see the beauty in the moment, whether it's painful or not, right. I've had to deal with him going out on dates. I've had to deal with him, you know, taking another lover and, and those kind of things. Like, it's just, it's like at that moment, I'm like, this is like crushing me, but it's really only crushing my ego. It's not really crushing anything else. My, like, it's coming back to trust. It's coming back to truth. It's coming back to the beauty of it all. And just, it's almost like the ultimate surrender. It's been like, and it's now, and now is all we have. And it's so empowering because if the greatest fear in our relationships is that the person will leave us for another person and you're already exploring the effort, the effort of allowing this and, and being open to it, then you've already moved past this, you know, perception of fear that you would have about it and created new constructs. So you can let go of that anxiety some because you've already navigated it uh, together, at least up until now. Yeah. Well, so yeah, yeah, that's beautiful. That's really powerful. Um, and I, I, I like wish everybody has that experience. I, for some reason, it's reminding me of um, like rock climbing and zip lining. So bear with me for a second, but um, you know, like if you, once you trust the rope, you can climb and swing and zip away. But if you think that this rope is going to probably break, you're not going to have any fun <laughs> climbing or zipping because there has to be that moment of surrender where you're like, zip away. And, and it's freeing then. Um, but that like sense of surrender and kind of faith in you're going to be held and you're going to figure this out for yourself um, kind of has to be there. That's maybe the worst analogy ever, but that's what came to my mind. So, no, yeah. it, I mean, it makes sense, right? Cause it's, it is, it is about trusting. It is about okay. trusting this journey. It's a trusting that the universe is bringing me universe. God, whatever is bringing me exactly what I asked for. 
yes. exactly what I'm asked for. And whether that is to explore the depth of my pleasure and my desire and that freedom that I look for, it might be fucking hard. Yeah. <laughs> it might be. But it's like, I asked for this. You this did. Part of my journey. And so I used to ask, like, why is my journey so hard? Like mm-hmm. everybody else seems to have really good journeys, really easy journeys. And I'm like, why is this the way it is? And I'm like, maybe it's because there's, I meant for something more. Maybe it's because I meant for something greater. And I'm like, actually, instead of now asking, like, why is it so hard? I just keep asking for strength to endure mm-hmm. right now. Mm-hmm. I'm like, strength to follow my path wherever that leads me. Mm-hmm. Strength to surrender a little bit more and trust that everything that is meant for me is, is going to find its way to me. That's beautiful. And now you hold the space for other women to do the same. You do these embodiment, feminine empowerment. What do you call it? Fem- female embodiment experiences. Um, and so, and you have challenges, right? Uh, some yeah. of which might be coming up right after this is broadcast, but I'm just going to assume you're going to keep doing them because they're going to be fantastic. So what, what does it look like when you work with uh, another woman in this embodiment? Um, it's, it's about meeting them where they're at right now. Cause some women are just kind of diving into that self-care and first taking that for themselves. Right. And like getting used to taking that space. Um, and you can, you get used to taking that space. And I know that being here is like a leap for a lot of people, right. It's scary to like, be like, Oh, can I own my sexuality? Can I own my like sensuality? Can I just be present in the moment? And so it's, allowing them, taking them through that space of, you know, what, what your empowered note looks like. And depending on where they are, it's going to always be different, right? It's reminding them to come back to their truth. What is your truth in this moment? Right? Are you happy? Are you sad? Are you angry? Mm -hmm. Giving you space for feeling. Mm -hmm. I think that we don't honor our feelings near enough. And we get so scared of the bad feelings, but the bad feelings, those painful feelings, those feelings of grief, those feelings of sadness, those feelings of heartbreak, those are, it's such a beautiful transformation if you allow it to happen. It's a catalyst for change if you allow it to happen. So yes. leaning into those feelings a little bit more and allowing them to be there, like all feelings are welcome. Mm-hmm. That's beautiful. And so important for people to have at least one person in their life who holds that space for them. So I'm so glad you're offering that um, in groups and, uh, and potentially one-on-one coaching as well. Is that on the horizon as well? Yes. One-on-one coaching is on the horizon. Um, I'm, I'm starting with like a five-day challenge for anybody and it's free five-day challenge. And it's just going to come back to embodying a little bit more of who you are. Right. And that could be working on our empowered no for a day. It could be, you know, sharing that space of anger and rage with the sisterhood that's there, because that's something that Um, has been really beautiful about the work that you do um, with Roar is allowing that safe container of sisterhood to honor all our feelings and be like, this fucking sucks right now. And you're like, yes, yes, it does. (laughs) Right. And not making it go away. So I want to work on that with women as well and loving and appreciating, like receiving love. Yeah. That exercise that you do where you're like, thank you. It's true is one of the most, it's hardest things to do, but I've embodied it most in in my life now because I've always been able to say thank you when somebody has complimented me, but to actually say thank you, it's true. Yes. It's like that 
tip of the cake, right? It just like, it's right over where you're like, I have to receive this now. Yes. Cause somebody could say, you know, Sharice, you're a gorgeous goddess. Then you could be like, thank you. Or this like, thank you. It's true. And own it and receive it. And it's so beautiful when you receive it because you also give the person who gave you the compliment, the uh, empowerment to receive it in that way. Because sometimes people say like, nice shirt. And if I say, thank you, it's true. They'll be like, oh, I could say that. Or somebody pays me a compliment. It's not, you know, we tend to just, at first, I remember when we started working together, you and I, it would be like a kind of a, a mumble. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Maybe, maybe I'm, maybe I'm great. <laughs> and then as time went on, you're like, I'm hot shit. And yeah, yeah, it's awesome. It's just so thrilling to, to watch. And then, and then because times get hard, we fall into these um, imposter syndromes, shame cycles, like questioning our knowing and we forget who we are. And then you join a sisterhood like yours or mine. And we're like, oh, okay. Other people can mirror our brilliance and our radiance back to us to remind us of what we already know. We're just dusting off the knowledge, but it's, it's hard to do it alone. Don't you think? Yes. And I, like, I, I've leaned away from that sisterhood for a long time because I mean, women haven't felt safe for me Mm -hmm. and it's just been like, like they're not trustworthy. They, you know, they're all, it's, there's always a level of competition. Mm -hmm. And so I'm now switching that dialogue and being like, women are safe and we are safe to hold this container. And it actually is so needed because we're, we can't do it alone. The journey only goes so far. And my journey has been as painful as it has been because of the fact that I've tried to go it alone. Yes, exactly. Or that I open up to expanding and allowing people in that space yes. for me. Like, even with my partner, it being like, I just, I just need you to hold me in my grief right now and allow mm-hmm. my grief to be what it is. Mm-hmm. And he does such a beautiful job, like hands down to him for he's as young as he is, only 29. <laughs> um, he's been able to hold that safe container for me and it there has been moments where it hasn't felt good for him um and his ego has kind of come back but being that I can honor my like truth and say hey you're getting a little ego and defensive right now and I just need space to honor my healing and he goes oh right and he settles back in so Mm -hmm. it's been a very nice dance between the two of us but yeah finding that safe container for women um where we can learn how to step into what our intended truth is we can learn how to step into our power goes right and then we can learn just like all feelings are welcome grief sadness the shit of it all like sometimes it's really mucky and muddy and it feels heavy as shit yep Yep. but we have to go through that to make it feel light and make it feel easy and make it feel you know beautiful yeah, moving through it. So if somebody wanted to and is inspired to move through all the shit with you, how could they find you? Um, I have two Instagram accounts, um, but I am working on getting the solo goddess up. So the solo goddess um, on Instagram and I have the solo goddess.com um, where you can find me and we can um, you can subscribe to the letter to find out when the challenge comes out and the coaching space if you want to talk to me and see if that's um, something that you feel, uh, empowered into, then I would love to chat with you a little bit more. So either Instagram or email or whatever, 
Mm-hmm. I'm available. Yeah, yeah, you're very easy to find on social, which is wonderful. And I'm I'm so happy for you that sologoddess.com was available. Like I'm kind of surprised. Like, what? That should be a thing like a hundred years ago. I know. I, you know? It's, it's so funny because like the solo goddess came to be at the very start of the pandemic. And I didn't even know what it was at the time, but I was I was in the space of single, the world was shut down for two months and like everything, like no restaurants, anything to go to. And I was like, how do you even date in this world? Right. So I actually dated myself. I yeah. like dressed up, put this beautiful dress on, put my makeup on. Cause I'd been wearing a baseball hat for two weeks and sweatpants uh-huh. and went and bought a beautiful dinner and sat and made this like pen, um, this picnic for myself with like dinner, a bottle of wine and dessert. And then did a photo shoot in my tub. I <laughs> and I was it. like, this is the solo goddess. We have to teach ourselves how to love ourselves and whether you're in a relationship or not, you have to date yourself. You have to know because you can't teach, like you can't teach somebody else how to love you. if You don't know how to love you. So, so true. Yes. And that's such a beautiful ending because it brings us full circle back to the lessons in pussy reclamation. So absolutely everybody reach out to Sharice and join the solo goddess group and pick up a copy of pussy reclamation audio or paperback or hardback any way you can get your hand on pussy get it (laughs) yeah it's life-changing um and then if you want to continue the conversation uh with me i offer one-on-one and group coaching as well um i hope that something in this podcast lit you up and maybe you're even inspired to share it with one of your friends that would be incredible as well as of course reviewing and subscribing and all the things um that's really helpful too um keeps us keeps us going and um keeps us getting awesome guests like Sharice yay so I'm so glad you were here Sharice and um you always light me up and remind me of pleasure so thank you for that we can always sprinkle pleasure even onto our shittiest of days that'll be my tagline for the day All right, everybody. And um, there's a, I always forget to say this, but there's a free Calendly link in the show notes, which gets you a free coaching call with me or, or even just talk to me and tell me how you like, how you like the podcast. I'd, I'd be excited by that too. So yeah, take me up on that uh, free coaching call and, um, and then go find Sharice and become a solo goddess. Gotcha. <laughs> Thank you so much, everybody for listening. We'll talk to you soon. <laughs>